everybody. Welcome back to our web series, Acing a Tennis Career. I'm Natalie Dagnall. I'm the TSR and Community Coordinator for Southern and New Jersey in USDA Eastern. And we have this web series in order to show you how many wonderful opportunities there are to have a career in tennis. And today we're joined by Teza Simonyoya. Teza, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background about Teza. He's got a really, really interesting story to tell us. He started his tennis career in Zambia, where he became the number one junior player. And then he obtained a U.S. scholarship to play for Concordia College out of Bronxville, New York. So he moved over to the U.S. His, his dream was to go pro, but he actually landed up becoming a professional coach. And he has coached a numerous number of young people some of them who are playing at some of the best schools in the country. He has an incredible record of, of coaching. He runs his own academy, has an academy back in Zambia called Sochabi, and he also has his own academy here in the US called Teza Tennis. Um, and his goal through these academies is to improve children's lives through tennis and academics. Welcome to our show, Teza. We're so happy to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So how have you been doing through uh, lockdown and now starting to open up under all the social distancing guidelines? Uh, you know, it was tough before uh, just to be home, you know, when you're active running around on the tennis court. It's, uh, it was, and th those kids are mostly like my, you know, friends. They, you spend so much time with them so you know each other well. So uh, when you're off in lockdown, it's, it's just a hard time just sitting down while finishing up all the Netflix you can you you could finish, so it's just uh, yeah. But now now it's opening up. You know it's exciting to see where everyone is, and then it's almost like uh, you were working on something, and then you have to start over, start to build up from where you were. But yeah, there's a little bit of a gap. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you're back out there, as you say, and I think the kids are really happy to be back on the court. Yes. So Tessa, let's, let's dive into your story. Tell us a little bit about your journey with tennis. When did you first pick up a racket? I picked up the racket. I, I mean, I have, I think that I could, my story would be complete if I, if I say everything that led me to pick up a racket. Okay. You know, the, the funny thing is that, you know, my father started playing tennis in, in like a real, like a village. I mean, was interested in tennis in the village in, in, in Zambia, in the northern part of Zambia. And he was only interested because he was like a boy boy to missionaries that were in that village. He wasn't allowed to play with them. He wasn't allowed to play tennis with them, but he was allowed to be just a boy boy. And sometimes like when they were, they were away and they left the tennis ball something, he would use a stick to, to, to try to hit the ball with his friends or something. So when, and that's like a very remote area. So when he did that, uh, and then he moved uh, later on through his education, he moved to a much more affluent area. Tennis was there, and that's how he, he picked, you know, of course he was in love with it. And then he started playing, and then us as the kids, we, we just like, you know, ran, ran into it because of him at the tennis club that he went to. So, and tell us, did the, did the missionaries build those tennis courts, or a tennis court in that little remote village? Was it a real they court? Just, yeah, they just built those tennis courts. Uh, I mean, they built they, they built they built a tennis court like you know while they were the the, the, uh, the mission the mission they would enjoy some sort of sport, but they didn't build them to last. They just built them for them to, to enjoy themselves. Okay. So 
that's how that's how that's how I started tennis, and you know, it's a huge part of my family's life because of that little, you know, in, incident. Then just I call it an incident, your luck, some whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you started playing because your dad loved it, and he exposed you as kids. You were still in Zambia. How did you get into competition? How did you start to really get to the level you you got to? First of all, they, in those areas, they were playing some tournaments, you know. Other parts, you know, most of these countries, like, there are parts in, that are well-to-do then can get to play these other sports and other, other places don't, don't get a chance to, you know. And so when we went in those areas, they were playing uh, uh, tennis. But in, in, a, in, a, in a family of a lot of boys, you know, that, that was like the, it's so easy to just jump into competition, you know. And actually, the funny story I have is that I, I'm, I'm born lefty, you know, and then I used to go to this tennis club that my father started playing tennis in, and I, uh, I started playing lefty, and no one was playing lefty, but my goal was already, even at that age, at eight years old, um, my goal was to play in tournaments, and since nobody else was playing lefty, I thought I wasn't going to be allowed to play a tournament with my left hand, so I changed, I started using my right hand. So up to today, I use my right hand for tennis. Can you use both? Are you a little bit ambidextrous or you just stick to right? I just, like, I eat with my left. I play soccer with my left, but tennis is long gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah. tell us a bit about your tournament life and getting to become the number one player in, in Zambia. Yeah, so when they started playing those tournaments, uh, uh, oh, we, 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 we moved to this other small town in, in Zambia. And uh, there, was, uh, there was this coach, uh, she was a German coach. You know, she was teaching most of the, the top players in the country. So we, in order to be a part of it, you know, you had to really feel like yeah, you were talented, you know? I mean, you had to feel like you, 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 you deserved it. So we worked hard to, to play with her. And then she would take kids to go and play tournaments. That's how I was introduced to tournaments. And then, uh, from the tournaments, they, they, would, they would select people to go and play national tournaments and national tournaments instead of going to international. So my goal, I mean, my nature was, is already competitive. So that line was really, really easy to try to, to go for, you know? So that's what I, I fell in love with it already. And was your goal to get to the United States specifically or, or play college no, tennis? I, no, just like most most kids in when I grew up, the, the the goal was to 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 play professional tennis. You know, you know, the the you feel like the glamorous life. You know, the, if you're all over playing all these Grand Slams. Actually, my 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 goal Grand Slam was to play the French Open. Uh, but coming to the U.S. to me was almost like uh, just giving me a chance to come and be. Uh, in an area where I could be practicing a lot, trying to get better, you know, so it was like, I need to go there because it's just going to help my, my tennis, you know. So you came over to Concordia College. That must have been quite a big move to leave your country to play college tennis. Uh, can you tell us some of the, the highs and the lows of, of being a college athlete in a, in a foreign country? So, I mean, the, the, the academic and, and school part was, was fine because my father already had instilled that thing. Like you, you, if you don't do well in your school, you're not going to play tennis. So, but the, the tough part is like, uh, you know, you watch these movies about New York. You hear, you know, so you feel like 
you know, I'm, I'm going to get to the airport. Somebody's going to be having, it's going to have a gun or something. So just those, those things were scary. But actually, uh, I had a couple of schools that were giving me offers to come here. Uh, but uh, my brother, Keller, was already at Concordia College. So going to this whole country, like I've never, flo- I've never flown over an ocean that, 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 that you know, I learned. I came here. I, I came here for a month. I, I played some tournaments here for a month just to get used to it, and then I went back and just like it was. It was scary because you just going to like a whole different planet. Yeah. You know how it felt for me. And then, but my brother was here, so I, I didn't want to go anywhere else that I, I didn't know anyone around. It was. It was scary, but I was really looking forward to it. And you had a great time. It sounded like you did really well. Yes. What was what were some of your best moments in college that you could share with our listeners? Uh, some of the best moments, like just going to, to training, going to nationals, going to regional tournaments, you know, playing different people and finding like, uh, you know, some of the people that are trying to do the same thing that you that you were trying to do. Those were those were really, really fun. And then during college also, you know, training for Davis Cup, you know, things like that. Those, those things were, were, were exciting to me. So in the back of my mind, as we, you're doing your schoolwork, you're practicing with the team, you're going, your head is saying, I, I can't wait to go and play, you know, the satellites or play, uh, play Davis Cup. So I'm just getting ready for that. So training was like, was great. And then you have indoor courts here. So after school, every, or you finish all your work, you could be practicing. I had a friend of mine who used to practice too, you know, like from 10 o'clock at night to maybe 2 a.m., you know, uh-huh. Yeah, just because we had all this, you know, hunger to try to do better, yeah. So you left college and you went into coaching. Tell us a little bit about that journey. What what took you down the coaching avenue? So when you're trying to do something and then you say, this is like your, 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 your given. Yeah, like I feel like I my life, I wanted to be professional, but I just felt like, okay, this thing is not working. And then, I, you know, uh, for me, the biggest thing was that... Uh, for me to play professional, you know, not that I'm not talking about the level, but really talking about uh, what I wanted to do, I had to think about where am I going to base myself. In in the U.S., I wasn't going to get a visa to just to train and try to get, you know. So when things, questions like that start to happen, I'm just thinking, am I going to base myself in Zambia again to try to train for, you know, travel into the U.S. or Europe, you know. Money-wise, it wasn't going to work, you know, and just those those kind of things. Were, so I started to think about, okay, if I'm not going to be able to do it, I'm going to get some somebody else who's going to do it. So my dream turned into into the kids that I that I was working with. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. Tell us about one or two of your your kids' success stories. Tell us your, some of their stories in terms of how you've coached them, where they've gone, what they've done. Any any little stories to share? Okay. I had a, I had a, I had a seven-year-old. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you two stories. I had a seven-year-old boy. Uh, he came. He came to the club at Concordia because there's a there's a college racket club right there. And then this boy came in, and then he says he was lefty. He was small. He was lefty, and all he did, like I, I just saw him in a, in a ready position, right. It was just looking like he's concentrating. You see, like, you know, as a tennis player, you see what are his strengths, what are his weaknesses. Just, I saw him standing in a ready position, and he was small. 
and I was just thinking this this boy must be a thinker, you know. So I picked him, and then I I started working with him, but I asked him what his goals were. Even at seven years old, he says, he says, I don't want to play professional. I just want to go and play in a college team, you know. And then we I started working with him. We travel all over the country, and. He went to college. He went to Amherst University, a college, Amherst, and then, and then he played on the team. And the highlight of it all, the last year of his his, his school year, they won the national, the D D three oh, national. The NCAA, wow. Yeah, yeah. And but he told me at that age, you know, and it didn't change along the way. He said, "I'm going to do something else." Most kids, when you say, you know, what's your, what do you think, what are you trying to say? I want to be number one in the world. But he just said, I want to, at seven years old, he said, I want to play college. Play college. Amazing. And the other one was uh, this boy, uh, Stephen, Stephen Bass. He, he, uh, he was seven again. And uh, straight from his goal was like, I want to play professional. That's, that was his goal. And, you know, uh, we played since the time he was seven years old. And... Uh, Again, he went to he went to Notre Dame. He played number one for Notre Dame, wow. and then he uh, he played the qualities of the U.S. and U.S. Open twice. He was about three hundred involved or something like that. So, awesome! Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So the most important part of it all, you know, the most important part of it all is that you know you have these goals. You're trying to do something, but it's the relationship that I, I have. You know, I have with them. It's, it's like. It's like my kids, you know, like I, I could go, Stephen just, you know, a couple of years ago, he just got married. I go to weddings. I see he has a kid. I, I'm seeing, you know, and then I have several of them that, that are doing the same thing, you know, along the way. So you spend so much time on the court that they, they just, that's so what become they like do. family. Yeah. That's what the U.S. is to me. You know, it's not like it's a private lesson or it's a program, whatever. It's more like they become family. If I go away, I'm going to be thinking about them, you know. Well, teaching tennis is a lot about teaching life skills. It's not just right. about hitting a ball on the court. You've got to learn resilience and a lot of other skills, of, you know, how to compete, how to handle a bad day, how to make right. the most of what you get. Um, yeah. So if you look back on your coaching, I know you've been motivated to, to develop these children, not only as players, but as people. Um, and you've described it as incredibly rewarding. Are you happy with the career path that you've chosen? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just the fact that the, the, the relationships that, that, I've, that I've had. You know, you walk in and say, I want to build a professional tennis player. But if somebody says between having the relationship or building a professional tennis player, I'll, I'll go for the relationship that I've had with, with, this, with this. And I don't call all of them, they're not kids, some of them have families, you know. They have yeah, I know some of the families and they love you when they recommended yeah. you to this interview. Yeah. I was like, they love you. So it, it, it's, yeah. it's amazing how you've touched their lives. And they touch, they, they touch mine, you know, they touch mine because I feel like I'm in a place, I'm doing something that a couple of years ago, I mean, after I finished college, I wasn't even sure that that's the area I was going to. But, you know, just knowing that uh, these relationships are there, you know, it's the most important thing that, that I have. And I hear that there's a shortage of tennis coaches now in the U.S. So it's something that we're wanting to encourage people to look at as a possible career. Yeah. Um, opportunities, not only to teach people at a very high level, but to teach kids who are brand new beginners. Um, 
Do you have any advice for anybody who's looking at possibly entering tennis as a career? Yes, the, 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 the biggest thing is that, you know, we tend to look at, at uh, coaches that are maybe producing the, the number one this, the number one that. You know, there, there are certain coaches that are, that are there for maybe just to have the kids have so much fun. You know, like if you put me in a situation that I'm just going to teach kids that are recreational, you know, it's going to be difficult for me. But I, I 100% appreciate a coach that's going to have make it, these kids have the greatest memory about the sport, you know. So we have to know that, you know, there are different types of coaches so that more coaches will be able to go in knowing that they're bringing in something different into the, into the sport. That's and what are, what, are your, what are your highlights of being a coach and what are your biggest challenges of being a coach for you personally? I mean, the, the highlights is the, the, it's the relationship. The, 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 the challenges, like in the Northeast, you know, the, 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 the winter and, 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 and uh, summer seasons, the change, it's just like, it just gets expensive. So sometimes it becomes like, a, uh, you know, of course, the parents are asking, is it worth it to put in the time to, to you know, to play or something? But I, I still feel like it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great lifetime sport. So, you know, it's not about what you're getting, but those are, I think those are the challenges in the sport. Yeah, weather, northeast, but I think in Eastern, we do pretty well to use our facilities. We're trying to support people to enter. We have a lot of, a lot of amazing supporters of tennis who are, um, yeah, giving opportunities to people who don't have that money. So that's an important part of where we want to grow tennis right now. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's switch around a little bit and talk to you a little bit about um, other things. Tell us what your favorite surface is, Deza. What fa what's your favorite surface to play on? My, my, I, where I grew up, it's a high altitude. I was just talking about this with one of my students. It's high altitude, and of course, it was you know rushing, serving and volleying, forehand, quick, quick points. But my favorite surface was clay uh, uh, French Open. That's my dream surface at least. But game didn't really connect it to. But that's my dream as a kid was to play the French Open. Yeah, clay is clay is so much fun. So uh, would that be your favorite Grand Slam as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And when I, was, uh, I, I have so many things, but. When I, was a, when I was a kid, the German coach I was telling you about, she, was, uh, she, she told me at 12 years old, she says, uh, when you are 16 or 17, you know, I'm going to take you to England. We're going to go and play this tournament on, uh, on grass, you know? Oh. And I didn't know what tournament she was talking about. Later, later on, <laughs> she was talking about Wimbledon. <laughs> Have you played on grass? I, I played, you know, I played on grass in Africa, you know, but I never, I never played on grass outside. Um, so I grew up in Africa as well, and you talk about high altitude. We were hitting the ball. Yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and says, if we look at the the Grand Slams now, who who would you like to win our U.S. Open? Uh, that's not going to be in person in terms of having an audience, but we're going to be able to watch it on TV. Who would you like to see win the men's and the women's this year? I always get into arguments with my students. So it's, uh, Nadal is my, to me, is the greatest of all time. That's, I mean, I get into these arguments all the time. 
So Nadal for the men's. What about the women? I I like I like uh, uh, of course I like Serena. I like her to, to to finish up. You know, like I feel like she's one or two guys behind. You know, so I I like her, but I like the new some of the new ones. Uh, what's her name? She's from New Jersey, I think. Any smaller? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. That would be fun. I think we yeah. might have an opportunity to see some new winners this year with. Uh, yeah with the fact that it's a it's an unusual time so that's exciting in itself yeah. yeah Tessa thank you so much for coming on our show and sharing your amazing story keep doing the brilliant work that you're doing with with all the kids they're lucky to have thank you. you thank you very much thank you thank you for having me mm -hmm.